0: Ahoy! Welcome back to The Digital Couch, the podcast about business, marketing, and people by value first.
1: Hi, welcome to another episode of The Digital Couch. Today I have with me Arjun Vaidya. Arjun has really had a long list of achievements, so I'm going to take some time. He's leading World Invest, which is in the venture investment space. In his previous avatars, Arjun has had leadership roles at the beer's company, Hublot. He's an angel investor himself. He was awarded Forbes 30 under 30, Business World 40 under 40. A very warm welcome to you, Arjun. Thanks so much, Shori. Thank you for having me on the show. It's our pleasure. So the other day when I was trying to think about what to ask you for this episode, you know, what struck me was the fact that how you started your career with ad sales, digital marketing. Back in 2010, and this was when, like, of course, you were interning and other things, but this was when digital marketing was just a word, And today it's, a must have right and you've over the years moved into investment into the investment space as a professional worked across some amazing organization i'd love for you to summarize your journey for our viewers
0: yeah sure i'll try my best it's been it's been a while since that internship my first summer out of college but but look i think um i went to brown university in 2009 i did my undergrad there um, and I studied economics and international relations. During that time, I spent a lot of time in the luxury space. That's what my dad did. And so that was first part of call. So I worked at Condonast, Nast, Hublot and De Beers. Um, and, and I think when I came back to India or when I wanted to come back to India after college, um, I wanted to spend time in the business side of brands. I was really excited by brands and building brands and why someone pays 10 times the price of a plain t-shirt because of a logo on it. Um, and so I <laughs> came back and worked at a private equity fund called L Capital, um, now yeah. called L Carrotin. And this is the private equity arm of the Louis Vuitton Moore, Tennessee Group that invests um, solely in consumer um, and got to spend time with more than 150 consumer businesses from 2013 to 16. So as a 21 and a half year old moving back to India, I got to spend time with High quality, top notch businesses in cars and bikes, wines and spirits, food and beverage, luxury, lifestyle, retail, watches. And also, I mean, three of our portfolio companies were PVR, Genesis, Luxury, and Fab India. So, got to spend some amazing time with these entrepreneurs. And, you know, during that time, I realized big changes were happening in the Indian consumption story. So, I think the first one was I grew up in an India obsessed with imported products. I grew up in an India where I was gifted a Japanese electronic sharpener for my 11th birthday from a store that only sold imported products. And, and <laughs> I came back to an India where people were happy to consume quintessentially Indian brands. I came back to an India where Ayurveda had come back to the fore, right? And Ayurveda is my family legacy. And, and Ministry of Ayush was created, Patanji, revolution happened, government changed, and hundreds of thousands of consumers like you surely became interested in Ayurveda. And the third big change I saw was in my first few days at work, my boss at the time told me, hey, do you think Indians will buy clothes online? This was 2013. And the company we were talking about at that time was Mintra. And, and fast forward to sort of two years later, three years later, it's just amazing to see what has happened, right? And, and so I realized very early on that e-commerce and digital was here to stay. It was not just a fad. And so with this macro context, I the micro context of starting Dr. Vedya's was Unfortunately, my grandfather passed. Um, I grew up with juvenile bronchitis. He cured me of asthma. He allowed me to play cricket again. I was stopped from playing cricket at age 7 because there was too much dust on the cricket field. And so I always believed that I had to do something with this family legacy. My father obviously started a business in the jewelry and watch space. And so I believe it was my responsibility to do something with this legacy. And so after he passed, I had nothing to lose. I was basically 24, 24 and a half years old. And so I said, look, if this Legacy skips me as well. It's going to die. There is an opportunity to make an Ayurvedic products brand that appeals to modern consumers. There's nothing there. Um, And so if we can repackage Ayurveda to appeal to shori, then we have something. And so I started a company in October 2016 after quitting my job, taking my grandfather's formulations and and clinic um, and using the power of digital to take it to hundreds of thousands of consumers. That's the story behind what led me to eventually starting Dr. Edwards.
1: Nice. And I mean, what about the shift that you had, right? Like suddenly from being interning at places like, of course, this is back in the days to becoming an operator of sorts in different organizations to actually leading this business, selling this off and becoming an investor. So what was that change management that went through you? Look, I don't know how much change management it was, right? And there is no
0: scientific way to go through the journey. But look, we we started this October 2016. We started offline because that time digital native brands, D2C, that didn't exist, right? Um, Mm -hmm. And so we started offline. Six months later, failed miserably offline. Um, Didn't know offline, actually. Didn't understand the market, the business. And so got... 90% 90% of the product we build to distributors back in returns. And that's when I got the harsh reality that even if you bill it to a distributor, the distributor has to bill it to a retailer. Retailer has to bill to end consumer. Only once end consumer buys is their sale. So we shut offline, had good sense, prevailed, realized we had no right to win. We were up against really large brands like Dabur, yeah. Patanjali, Imami, Himalaya. And also I didn't know offline as a business, right? I just didn't know mm-hmm. it. And so I had no right to win there. And then my wife, who was my fiance at the time, she was the founding team at Naika. And she said, look, this online thing is here to stay. I've seen it at my time at Naika. You've seen it while you were investing in e-commerce at um, El Capital or from all the sort of companies that you've evaluated. And this opportunity is sort of completely open in Ayurveda. So why don't you take a stab at that? And then I convinced her to join the business. Um, Mm -hmm. She joined the business and together we built um, we started building online in November 2017, and over three years, we built India's largest Ayurveda brand online. So we got uh, from zero to 5,000 orders a day, got to 2 million plus transacting customers, launched 80 products, reached 16 and a half thousand PIN codes in India in just wow. three years. Uh, mm-hmm. Raised some money from RP Sanjeev Goenka Group, and then eventually yes. in December 2020, we made an offer to acquire the rest of the business. Um, and yeah, we thought it was fair value for the brand we had created for what we had done and so we took the opportunity to exit our equity in the business um, and sold the business to them in March 2021 so that's about 10 months ago now Um, feels like much shorter Um, and since then surely to be honest um, both our viewers look we've had an experience that very few people have had to be able to see the entire life cycle before the age of 30 for me and so our responsibility to give back to the ecosystem and give back to the community. right? And so from then on, um, Trisha and I spent a lot of time giving back to startups, mentored by some 600 plus startups. I still give about 8 to 12 hours of my week, no strings attached to founders. Um, you can just book a slot on my Calendly link and we'll have a 25 minute chat. And there is no agenda for that chat. So founders usually come, just ask questions, solve problems, and I'm happy to help there. So that started... Through that, we invested in 50-plus companies as angels ourselves. Um, wrote a playbook, which we now teach as a D2C course. So we teach as a cohort-based course and actually did our first large cohort, which ended yesterday. Um, and then, uh, you know, I I uh, didn't actually plan to get back into investing professionally as well. But the folks at Berlin West reached out and uh, Invest is from my running of business days as well as my... Private equity days. World Invest is one of the sort of most well known consumer sector investors. It's a single LP, evergreen fund structure, $3 billion plus assets under management. Yeah. Invested in iconic companies globally like Oatly, Lazada, Pop Chips, Vita Cocoa, Vitamin Water. Um, so very, very focused on consumer brands. In India, already investors in Sula, Viba, Epigamia, Purple, Wakefit, Baiju's, Heads Up oh, a wow. So. Really high quality consumer brands, but more on the late stage growth equity side, right? So, um, 10 mm-hmm. to 100 million dollar type investments. And they wanted to get into early stage investing or earlier stage investing. And they believed that founders would be the right people to do this. And so, um, they wanted to create a global venture initiative run by ex founders who built and sold consumer brands below the age of 40. And to me, that idea just seemed really exciting. Like, can you imagine a venture strategy that's global? that has three separate founders in India, US and Europe running this strategy. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's something yeah. that will create so much value to the ecosystem, backed by World Invest, and still have the flexibility and independence to be able to run the strategy. So I think that excited me more than anything else. I didn't have investment on the horizon, but if the opportunity specifically excited me, I got to know the folks at World Invest and, and yeah, I hit the ground running in August and started with this, with this new strategy. So the idea is to invest one to $5 million dollars across the consumer landscape in various companies. And the four pillars for the fund would be consumer brands, consumer internet, enablers to e-commerce and e-commerce on new commerce platforms. That's the strategy behind what I'm doing now. But that's the way I got back into investing. I didn't plan it, it just
1: happened. Well, super, that, that actually sounds like something. And I'd actually like to get some more information about something that you mentioned, right? You said that how Dr. Vaidhyas was eventually sold to RPS and Jim Goenka group. But earlier, you were one of the first starters to something that is now called D2C and it's all hot in the market and that's something that I'll talk about. What did you have to go through while creating a direct-to-consumer brand back in those days for Dr. Baidiyas?
0: So, Shorty, if you see my uh, LinkedIn post today as well, right? Um, Hmm. I said in the LinkedIn post, be patient till you hit the inflection point. And when you do, be ready for a crazy ride. And that's what we had, right? So, look, we started October 2016. By summer 2017, we realized we had failed offline. Then Trisha joined the business. We started online. We didn't yeah. know online business at all. We launched our website in November 2017. We were getting one order every three days on our website at that time. In one year, we learned Facebook, Google, Instagram, WooCommerce, Shopify, performance marketing, SEO, website management, conversion rate optimization. Uh, we yeah. learned ops, logistics, CRM, supply chain, all of those things that it takes to build a, what I used to call at that time, digital first or online only brand. Today, it's called b 2 c At that time, yeah. we were part of the first cohort of brands that took a stab at this. And you know, even investors at that time said, you've got to be crazy thinking you'll build an online only brand, right? And, and yeah. uh, thinking back now, I think it's the best decision I made to not listen to that because uh, yeah, I just sensed the opportunity, right? And and so we took a year to learn this business, Shori. We took a year to understand how this business ran, to build a warehouse, to connect with customers, to engage with customers, speak to them, see where the problems were, realize that high-quality Ayurvedic care and formulations were not available at the touch of consumers' fingertips across India, right? The top five cities had it, but outside of that, it didn't have it. And so that's the value we were creating. And so we gave what my grandfather gave in the clinic, which was a free consultation, to all patients across India using digital and that allowed us to take Ayurveda from Anantnag to Trichy, from Muzaffarnagar to Mizoram. And mm-hmm. that's the value we created. So when I said earlier, sorry that we reached 16 and a half thousand pin codes, that's more than 60% of the pin codes in India in a three year period that we ran an online business, right? Just taking out the one year. But if I talk about what we went through, right? So look, I was a good student in school. Went to a really good college. I went to an Ivy League college. I had a great yeah. job out of college. I quit my job. And then 2016 to November 2018 is when we hit product market fit. And when I say product market fit, I mean 50 orders a day on our website at a customer acquisition cost of 30% of average order value. Today, surely 50 orders a day will not seem exciting to you. But at that time, 50 orders a day on a single branded Ayurvedic website was a big deal. Nobody was coming to any websites to shop. They only going they- to shop on Amazon, right? And that took two years. And so that's what we had to go through. Two years of self-doubt of saying, I went to such a good college. I left such a good job from college. Did I really make the right decision to do this? Um, but but eventually, I guess, uh, looking back now with the benefit of hindsight, it paid off. But yeah, it wasn't easy to take two years to establish PMF.
1: Got it. I'm going to turn the table slightly, right? And I was reading this report by KPMG the other day and it had this fact that about 800 D2C brands have come in India just in the last three and a half years. I mean, it was mind-boggling, like how the world's talking D2C and India is truly actually riding the wave of it. So if I were to ask you this question from a VC lens, how do you look at this ecosystem as a whole? So surely that number is definitely wrong, right?
0: Um, That number is a very dated number. I would say that the number in COVID must be at least 5,000. Because I have spoken to in the last nine months at least 600 myself personally. Right? Um, mm. So so I think that look, the number is immense and it's going to get even bigger. And and why is it going to get even bigger or why is it so exciting? It's so exciting because look, what was happening when I started Dr. vedyas right? Mm. When I started Dr. vedyas I had to really convince you, Shawri, to shop From a brand online. And if you shopped from a brand. If I convinced you to shop from a brand online. You wanted to buy Ayurveda. You'd buy me. Because there was nobody else. Today, Shori, You are buying online. So is my mother. So is my father. Who had never shopped online pre-pandemic. right? And so my father has placed 25 plus orders on Amazon. From never placing an order until April 2020. He now goes on his Instagram feed. Looks at D2C brand ads. And buys products. And calls when the delivery is delayed. And my mom, who didn't have online banking set up, is now asking a fruit vendor, why don't you have GPA? How does it make sense? It's the 21st century. So that's the change in behavior. With that change in behavior, you have consumers who are ready to shop online. And hundreds of thousands, if not millions, I believe it's millions of consumers who had never shopped online have come online. Through this 18-24 month period, right? What has that done though? That has created tremendous amount of choice as well. So there are hundreds of new brands that have come up. So, yes, it's more competitive, but there are also many, many, many new customers that have come to the company. And so that's what's happened
1: now with these new brands. Coming. And as I said, like, as an in- investor, how do you look at this? Like, is it just one of the waves that you want to ride or an natural problem is being solved? you have a different way of looking at it, supporting entrepreneurs, a couple of them become huge? Look, it's a, it's a unfair question to ask me and I'll tell you why
0: it's an unfair question to ask me right because I am inherently always going to be bullish on D2C right because I built a D2C brand I'm from the ecosystem I'm a founder so I'm a little bit biased towards this but I'll tell you something I don't buy anything anything offline zero right because it's so much more convenient to buy online there's so much more choice the ease of delivery you know when you're going to get it etc all of that so I'm one of those people who's become fully online I would tell you that look, the convenience factor is just immense. It's just immense with online shopping. And what is new today, which wasn't there when we started, was a very, very strongly developed enablers to online and e-commerce ecosystem, whether it's warehousing, logistics, CRM, WhatsApp bot automation, marketing automation, the experience you buy from a D2C brand is so seamless today. That, like, now you have dark stores and you have 15-minute delivery, you have inside one-day delivery, you have two-hour delivery. We couldn't fathom these things when you're we building doctorages. You have brands opening warehouses in five cities, ten cities.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. I think that's uh, that's really exciting. Super. And if I were to make it, like, make us talk about, not just, say, about the Indian, Indian consumer market as a whole, how do you think that ecosystem is playing a role in putting together the country on its track again like we've had a rough two years now and there are good things happening when we see the entrepreneurial world huge goel earlier tweeted that now there are eight unicorns already in the first 40 days of india right of 2022
0: no look i think it's a it's a what's exciting for me right as someone who started in the ecosystem in 2016 is there was a lot of doubt on whether what startups were doing was generally adding value and was adding serious value to society, right? But now with IPOs, with unicorns, with global recognition, with exit, with all of these things, right? I think we are we are now mainstream. It's now normal and cool and the right, the, the exciting thing to do to startup. Look, does it come with a fair share of risk and challenges and all of that? Yes, it does. Is it more glamorous from the outside than it is from the inside? Yes, it is. It's hard work building a startup. But the fact that we have our own show, Shark Tank on primetime television, the fact that surely, you've invited me for this conversation, that shows that something has changed significantly over the last two years. And that's yeah, something to celebrate for all of us.
1: I 100% agree with you. And if I were to also trigger another question just on the consumer business space, or even if you want to talk about D2C, so there are these folks who would start out of home or start with small setups when do you think is the right time for them to okay today i'm going to start raising funds and of course there's no euro moment i'm sure but is there any sort of moment or stage that one must realize that this is the right time to do it look very tough question right
0: i'll, I'll try to explain what the challenge is um and then uh from there tell you more about um how to make the decision. right? The challenge today is a startup always has a high opportunity cost. What's right. the opportunity cost for a startup? The opportunity cost when someone is starting up is you're most likely leaving a job to start up, yeah. right? And so uh, that cost of or that anguish of not getting a stable salary at the end of every month, that's not easy. And that's the first barrier or obstacle that any startup founder has to overcome or get over from there uh, i think you have to then get on this journey where you're not going to get answers to your questions from day one you're not going to get traction from day one and you have to fight that failure with grit and resilience and so i said it took me 2 years to establish product market fit and all of that time i was thinking i left a 30 lakh rupee a year job that i was that i got at age 22 23 to start this thing where i'm not seeing returns I'm a Ivy League graduate. What am I doing with my time, right? But then yeah. you gotta step back from that and say, hey, the vision is so much larger. It'll take its time, and 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 that's the toughest part about being an entrepreneur. But for me, you have to rip off the band-aid, right? You can't say I'm half pregnant or slightly pregnant with entrepreneurship. That doesn't. exist. Yeah. So you're either in or you're out. And if you're out, it's okay. But if you're in, you want to be in because, sorry, honestly, I, I I told you earlier, right? I run a podcast on the D2C space. That's great. Yeah. I really enjoy doing that. But I do it on the weekends. It's not my full-time thing. Right. So,
1: your business or your startup can't be a hobby. Mm. No, I get it. So, in easy words, there's no right time or there's no Eureka moment that you'll go through, right? Yeah. Look, I had a
0: Eureka moment. But, mm. I don't believe in the Eureka moment as changing my life and making me make that decision. There was already the thought in my mind there was that yeah. moment where the switch flipped. That yeah. moment for me was my father's fiftieth birthday, April two thousand sixteen. My grandfather had passed by this time. His clinic was running as a dispensary, so only patients who had his prescriptions would sort of be given medicine. Uh, yeah. And I gave a speech at this party. My father, um, on my father, and the impact he had on my life, and all of those things, right? And. After that speech, a bunch of people came up to me to say good speech. But my grandfather's nurse of 17 years, she came up to me and she said, you talk about your father, but are you okay to let your grandfather's legacy die? Now, I already had this thought of taking on this legacy and doing something with it in my mind. But this made the switch flip. So it was not a eureka moment. It was a moment that pushed me over the line.
1: Got it. Thank you for sharing that. And again, if I were to talk about... As a particular company trying to do something and you know in one particular space there might be multiple players and how would this one company would want to differentiate itself you gave an example of having online first as something that you were trying to chase and there there was only a cohort of 10 to 12 companies back there so what is that differentiator that folks should be working on when it comes to raising funds and again i know how abstract this sounds so look it is abstracted right? and so i don't have an answer specifically
0: for that question how i will answer it though is the differentiator should be part of your strategy what does that mean i'm a big proponent of this concept called moat what is a moat a moat is a water body that used to surround castles and forts in the ancient times why did it surround it, it was a it was an additional line of defense yeah. why is it relevant today because Even as businesses, as brands, we have to have some moat or some defensibility. Now, moat could be price, like it was with Jio. It could be quality. It could be technology, like it is with AirPods, that you just take it out and um, it connects to your iPhone. And so seamlessly, even though it's 10 times the price, I buy it. It could be new offering that the customer wants. Like when Mamawath came out, um, customers wanted vegan, cruelty-free, non-toxin, Personal care products, yeah. and so they resonated with this brand, right? For us at Dr. vedias we, you know, we did on form factor for one product. So Chavan Prash is black, bitter, sticky, and inconvenient. Kids hate it. So we are the first brand to make Chavan Prash fun. We launched a Chavan Prash toffee. So kids got the goodness of Chavan Prash, but the fun and convenience factor of having a toffee. So they enjoyed it every day. So whatever this moat is, right? you got to figure out what it is. It could be the four or five things I've mentioned, it could be something completely different. But you have to figure out what's my defensibility or differentiator. Because India is a big country. The globe is a yeah. big place. And there are multiple people who take a crack at the same problem. But when there are multiple people taking a crack at the same problem as you, where do you stand? Brand could be a mode. Brand could be a differential. But there has to be something.
1: Got it. Thank you. Thank you for taking a dig, Oh, uh, So, I'm pretty much done with the set of questions that I had. Uh, I'd love to move you towards the next round that I like to call the rapid fire round. I mean, I try and pretend to be like Karan Johar, except <laughs> the fact that you won't get to win a hamper. So rapid fire questions, right? I mean, I'm going to start throwing them towards you. Uh, there could be a mix of personal, professional, whatever you would like to answer. God, the best advice you've ever got?
0: Best advice I've ever got uh, from my dad. This, from my dad, he said, be the best at one thing. Whatever you do, be the best at that one thing. So he used to keep saying, even if you're selling peanuts on the street, be the best at that one thing. That's what I want you to do. Right? Um, And how did we implement this in our business as well? We chose one channel. We said our website. Let's not complicate this. Let's be the best at it. Um, And that's what really helped us sort of establish our product market fit and and eventually establish scale. We were the best at one thing. Mm. So far.
1: If you had an opportunity to take two people on a dinner date, whether they're alive or not, who will these two people be? Sachin and Jeff Bezos. Super. And the worst advice you've ever got? Go to
0: your dad's business, you're wasting time doing this.
1: Sounds good. Thank you so much, Arjun, for doing this. It's been a pleasure hosting you here today. Thank you, Shawri. Thank you for joining us today at The Digital Couch. We hope that you enjoyed this conversation. If you have any feedback for our podcast, please write us at at thedigitalcouchatvfirst.com. That's all, folks. See you next time.